0: Welcome to My Beautiful Stories, our conversations about finding the magic in the mundane. Hello, so this is a live recording of My Beautiful Stories, the podcast of episode 5. I guess in the meanwhile I can present to you my other half, Pavel, whom you've probably only known up until now from his handy work and his slight preoccupation with household items.
1: It's a nice introduction. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I'm definitely, my responsibility is in the household Maintenance.
0: Pavom, I don't want to acknowledge this, but he has just bought a punch bag for the children because mm-hmm. we kind of are trying to use any anything possible in the garden to keep the kids entertained.
1: To unload some internal um, household aggression. So we got a set of permanent markers and anyone can write anybody's name on the punch bag.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your name I mean- definitely figures. <laughs>
0: My name is really high and it's kicked a lot and uh, it's, a, it's a real shame because we had wipeable markers so it would have been really easy to not use the permanent ones, but I guess you didn't know. It's 29 past uh, 7 in the evening in the UK. I know some of you are not from this side of uh, the continent, but I, I guess we, we will slowly start. So this is episode 5, a live recording of my Beautiful Stories, the podcast. And like all the other episodes in the second series, up until today, it has been dedicated to our planet. It's part of the planet project that you have heard me talk about on numerous occasions in the last couple of days and maybe weeks as well. So this is episode five. We kind of know what we are going to be discussing, but we never really know the name the title of the episode in beforehand. So we are very open to suggestions. If you know how this episode is going to be called by the end of it, then please let us know. And without further ado, it's Pavo's turn to tell us a story. On
1: the shelf in my parents' old bathroom, there was always one small bottle of perfume.
0: And Will you describe the bathroom to us, just so that we have an understanding of what what you're talking about here?
1: Well, it was an aging bathroom with uh, mismatched and wonky tiles installed by our neighbors three floors down. And the, the shelf I mentioned was on top of a rusty communist washing machine with some of the plastic buttons missing from it.
0: Okay, so let me just stop here. What do you mean the plastic buttons are missing. Do you mean that you could only run it on one program?
1: Well, I guess you could still change a program if you put your fingers directly into the washing machine.
0: Okay. So you had to have really long fingers then so that to change the program.
1: Well, I I wouldn't know because I would just press start when I, if I put anything myself, myself, but yeah, let's just leave the washing machine. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. We
0: got ourselves in a bit of a muddle there, uh, which tends to happen. So yeah, we'll get over the washing machine, Mm -hmm. going back to the shelf then.
1: And uh, on that shelf above the washing machine, there were a few necessities, as you would probably find in most of the bathrooms at the time. My dad's safety razor, his shaving cream, my mum's allegedly natural nettle shampoo and a few other bits and pieces. And among all of those, There was a small bottle of perfume in a sort of twisted glass, which if you didn't know better, you might confuse for a mosquito deterrent.
0: And do you remember the name of this perfume?
1: So remember, it was called Beczmożę in Polish, which translates as perhaps or maybe into English.
0: Well, we actually have the bottle. I'm going to show it to you now. So that's where it says "Bichmore." I don't know whether you can read, but underneath it actually says Paris. Does it mean that it was made in Paris, or has it got any any connection with Paris?
1: I don't think Paris is a restricted name. I think the closest that this bottle ever was to Paris was to a postcard on a fridge that my mom was sent, you know, from Paris. So no, I think. made in Poland.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, the story of this particular bottle is that it was given to me by your mom during one of our holidays in Poland a long time ago, maybe 20 years ago. And she gave it to me and she said, this is a really precious bottle of perfume. Obviously, I was very excited, so I took it. And it now sits on a shelf where you actually haven't noticed it until now. It sits on a shelf next to this bottle of perfume. It's kind of small like that, which was given to me by my mom a longish time ago. And she said it's a really precious bottle of perfume. It's even better. And this bottle of perfume, this really nice green bottle. As you can see, I haven't really used it, and this was given to my mom by her aunt, and it belongs in the same period in communist Romania, 20, 20-something years ago. And it was also considered really special, therefore it was a gift from the aunt to my mom. So all these three bottles, they are sitting together, catching light on a shelf in our kitchen, where you never ever notice them. But up until this episode, you didn't know that we had this one bottle no. of perfume. And going back to Butch more? it's not actually seeing it on our shelf in the kitchen by the window mm. that rem- reminded you of it or of, s- mm. of its story because you didn't know we had it. No, it's I something didn't. entirely different, isn't it?
1: No, no. So I uh, was reading a, a book called Secondhand Time about ex-Soviet People. And it's a, it's a book about people that lived in the Soviet Union uh, before the transformation, during it and after it, in ex-Soviet countries, written in a narrative fashion, a bit mm. like your PhD. So stories of people told directly and then retold by the writer. Most of them not very happy stories. And this particular story was about a family being moved forcefully by a criminal organization from their current home to a new one, and they had to move very quickly. And it's taught from the perspective of a child, and the child remembers the daughter that her mom packed a few necessities like her coat, some family photographs, some books, and among those she had a very sm- small bottle of perfume from Poland called Maybe. So I knew it was this bottle of perfume, and I even sent you on WhatsApp the shot from the the screenshot from the book
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I uh, I knew, knew you remember that.
0: You did, and I actually thought that you you knew we had the bottle, and I was really moved. And finally, when you sent me that message, something entirely different was brought back to me. And it was um an exhibition that um, we I saw um in um recently in a museum in Tallinn. That's when we could still travel. This uh, this museum, this exhibition was about the Holocaust. And one of the exhibits was really lush. It was all interactive and cool. And it was basically a virtual suitcase to which you could add items that you thought the Jews would have taken with them upon leaving their homes obviously in a rush and you had options of what items you could you could add to the suitcase and it was really moving and really interesting from two perspectives one the suitcase which was all interactive beeped really quickly and you couldn't you'd never managed to add as many items as you thought were necessary, essential, precious, as you would have wanted to. And secondly, the items that I chose, that I thought would have been precious to the Jews leaving their homes, were entirely different, most of the time, to what they had actually chosen. Because there was there were lists of what these Jews that had been interviewed, these people that had been interviewed had taken with them. So it was a really moving exhibition. We spent quite a bit of time there, me and the kids, actually. But seeing this and your story with the bottle of perfume really made me think. This perfume was considered an essential by your mom and by that woman in the book. But what would we consider an essential in this day and age? And... More importantly, how has this list of essential items changed before and after isolation? Mm -hmm. I know that my list of 10 essential items before COVID-19 and after this pandemic would have changed. And I also know that there potentially is a list of always- valid things that are important, are essential for me, like... um like having
1: a walk in a park or sometime in a fresh air at the weekend. Because all of a sudden this is um, a luxury for us and impossibility for others.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, my conclusion would also be that on that list of 10 essential items, spending some time in fresh air goes up Yeah, in the present times. And even and we definitely consider ourselves in a privileged position to be able to still go out. But even people that are not, and that includes my sister who's watching us right now, actually, they they still seek fresh air. They seek windows. They seek light. So being in the fresh air def- definitely goes on that list of essentials. Like this bottle of perfume once was. Moving on, we kind of have a little question for you, seeing that this is a live episode, a little bit more, more interactive. And we, we would be curious to know what your list of essential items would be and how it has changed in the pre- present circumstances before and after the, the pandemic. So yeah, we'd be happy if you, if you wanted to. And obviously we do not want to put you on the spot, although we can't really see you. We feel very close to you. I know, I think I know all of you personally, like we have a relationship but uh, we also might, must know by now that uh, we. Uh, I really enjoy entering a conversation with you and that's probably the aspect that I most enjoy about Instagram and about the podcast so I would happily read what your list of essential items is right now and also if you cannot think about it right now I would happily enter a conversation with you later and in fact following our last episode episode four of the podcast we enter the conversation with Pavo's friend who is the friend with whom Pavo cycled to see the nuclear plant that we were yeah. t- telling you about so he listened to the podcast he
1: corrected a few facts but nothing major so only certain facts that he remembered and sent some pictures as well That's oh yes good. he did
0: yeah so we def- we absolutely must correct those facts and must provide him with a proper reply so we promise that in a in a future episode of of the podcast so, yeah but well, I definitely welcome that and it just made it all seem so much more real so so much more raw than already than, than what you had already told me so let me just read a few few replies here and fresh air is an essential item for me as well it's Martha it's amazing how the list has changed uh, says Maria yeah thinking about it and just planning this Ooh. episode It really, it really brought it to my attention that we always enjoyed spending time in in the fresh air, but we took, we took our surroundings for for granted, definitely, Mm. and we're only now discovering new paths. Um, my phone, my phone to keep connected with friends and family. Mm. Gosh, that's again, another one that we take for granted, isn't it? My running shoes, (laughs) my running shoes are finally showing some wear and tear, finally. I I thought they were immortal, (laughs) those shoes. I'm isolating with my in-laws, so I have very little from my own home. And it's funny, the things I miss from home. Favorite coffee cup was high on the list.
1: Yeah, you have your favorite coffee cup as
0: well. Oh, I wish I could show it to you. I'm surprised that it's not here. I I carry my coffee cup around the house. It never really gets washed throughout the day because I just can't part with it. Before, it was an essential to me wearing makeup outside. Now it's essential to go out every day period. <laughs> That's very interesting actually. Because for me it's a, it's um it's a little bit the opposite. I used to put on makeup once a week when I was going to work and not more than that. Yeah, and now I actually I put it on on other occasions and I've started to wear more makeup maybe just to make myself feel better. I'm almost embarrassed how privileged I am with my in-laws as we have a big garden. Never considered myself privileged before. It goes the same for us, yeah. All of a sudden, I appreciate what we have outside more than anything that we have indoors. I'll have to think about it, but seeing people's faces is so important. I'll never take that for granted again. Also hugs. My watch. (laughs) <laughs> I'd be interested to know why, because I actually run away from my watch these days. But that's, that's an interesting and, yeah, maybe a longer conversation there. And now we are moving on to the recommendations. I would strongly recommend the museum that I was just describing to you, Vabamu. Its um, second kind of name is the Museum of Freedom. And it's placed in Estonia, in Tallinn. And the whole city... I'm only encouraging this after this isolation ban is lifted. The whole city is such a gem and it was a complete and new and beautiful discovery for, for us. The museum itself is placed outside and it's. I don't think you would find out about it in the guidebook. I just happened past it and I loved the building, so I just strolled in. But it's beautiful, it's an eye-opener about people's struggles with freedom and lack of freedom and what really is really important at the end of the day. So yeah, a really inspiring museum and I'll put it all in the show notes. I believe they have they do um, tours and online activities as all the museums tend to do these days, but it's a beautiful place to, to visit. And we're moving on to your recommendation. Well,
1: for me, the recommendation will have to be the book that I found a passage about the perfume, which was also my mum's, but mm-hmm. that wasn't in the book. And we are lucky because it was from the library, and the library closed, so I could keep it a bit longer. It's called the second-hand time. As I said, these are stories of from the ex-Soviet Union, very beautiful. And it's quite a few pages to go through, it took me a while. So if you are pushed for time, I would recommend just reading maybe two or three stories, because it, they are very, very touching. And just to give you a foretaste, we prepared a small passage, yes. and I think you as a family reader <laughs> We'll, uh, I like honest. reading
0: I like reading out loud I think you might know that by uh, by now <laughs> I can just picture you walking Alex and going oh this is beautiful I'll go in there definitely something I would do. yes I <laughs> sometimes to other people's frustration particularly the children's I do tend to do that and I am attracted by beautiful buildings mm-hmm. So we are moving on to the, um, to the reading from this book. It's a really hefty book. <laughs> And I have to admit that I read a few stories as well, but I haven't gone through it. But I was very moved by the passage that I'm going to read now. Sorry to interrupt again, but I think we got another recommendation that I will have to probably link in the, in the show notes. The exhibition you described reminds me of 19 Prinslet Street in London about immigration. Not sure if they're still open. This is so interesting. So I will go to Google after this and definitely make it into a, a note. It's an interview provided by uh, one of these survivors. In the evenings, I would see the blackened people marching. Black clothes, black faces. They were exiles coming home from the mines. All of them looked exactly like my father. I don't know whether or not my father loved me. Did anyone love me? I have very few memories. They aren't enough. I root around in the darkness, trying to unearth anything I do. It doesn't happen very often. It's very rare that I will suddenly remember something that I didn't remember before. My memories are bitter but they always make me happy. I'm terribly happy whenever a new one floats up. Who gave me all of this, all of it? Was it God or people? If God gave it to me then he chose well. Suffering brought me up, it's my art, it's my prayer. So many times I've wanted to tell someone all of it, to speak my feel. But no one has ever wanted to know. And then what? And then what? I've always waited for someone, whether a good or bad person, to come and listen to my story. I don't know who exactly I had in mind, but I was always waiting for someone. My whole life I've been waiting for someone to find me, and I would tell them everything. And they would keep asking, and then what? So we recommend
1: the book, we don't recommend the perfume to buy.
0: This is it from us. We're really happy to have connected with, with you all and we're really happy that you managed to make it on a Sunday evening. I'm really grateful to the children. I will have to go and give them each a big hug, not a sound, so...
1: Yeah, bright to the movie, but... <laughs>
0: yeah. Still, they could, have come, they, could, they could have come for a range of needs, like snacks. Water. whatever. I'm afraid. Yeah, so...
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Bye-bye and stay safe. This is it from us. If you like the podcast, please rate, review or subscribe. Get involved in the conversation each week on my Instagram account at stories.